Good morning and welcome to Step Up Nigeria's podcast, Films for Social Change. We're exploring how filmmakers are helping to change attitudes and behaviors of Nigeria through social impact films. Our podcast is an initiative built to create awareness of governance issues that highlight the cost of corruption and its impact on service delivery. Our podcast is also aimed at promoting values that will help to build a society of people with integrity and provide solutions to service delivery challenges faced by everyday Nigerians. My name is Farami Yoda and I am the host of this podcast. On our second episode of our Films for the Social Change series, we'll be interviewing Ishaya Bako of Wired Studios. Um, so very welcome, Ishaya. Can you introduce yourself, um, who Wired Studios is for our listeners? Um, so it's Griot Studios or Griot. Griot. Ah, okay. Griot. Griot or Griot. The original oh. pronunciation is Griot. Um, so, yes, my name is Ishaya Bako and I'm a filmmaker. I'm also the director of projects at Griot Studios. Um, yeah. And it's nice to be here. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Um, so, getting right to it, um, Ishaya has mentioned that I'm going to keep asking you the pronunciation of things because when I get to Jaru's game, I'm not sure if it's Jaru or Jaru. It's Jaru. Yes, Jaru's journey, yes. Okay, okay, so I got that. That's so your 2019 um, film, um, Fourth Republic, is now on Netflix and I saw Amazon Prime as well. Um, and that has been widely viewed. I think I watched this maybe two years ago. So when I found out that I was interviewing, I was like, oh my God, the director of the film. So that was exciting. Um, and the film cast the spotlight on the cost of corruption in elections. If you haven't watched the film and you're listening to this podcast, search Fourth Republic on your Netflix account and watch this today. Um, and it also described the routes many politicians use to attain political power. And so I was wondering your thoughts on how the political climate is in the country, clamoring for good governance. Do you believe that this film has new relevance um, for young Nigerians who are clamoring for this change in the upcoming 2023 elections? Um, sorry, I want to be a bit mischievous. And, and since you said you just you just you saw the film yourself, like what did you think when you when you watched the film? Um, I think I was a bit scarred by two things. One mm. was the scene where the shooting in the bus with the NYC students and just the massacre at that site, and mm. also like the decision that I forget her name, but the rocket. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! For people that oh. <laughs> Exactly, but um, just that the repressing Ketensha played had to make a hard decision at the end of the film. I think that was yeah. a just showing that um, for looking from the outside in, politics is not as clear cut as um, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and, and I'm glad you, you said that. And I suppose like this is also the reason why we make films. It's like it's almost like a piece of art. Like it's all open to interpretation, even though there's like a nexus of like. A, those like agreed views in a certain way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the first thing we, once we started researching the film and developing the film is understanding that it's more complicated than, you know, the very idealistic way we look at it and, you know, very cut and dry, you know, it's either black or white. I think that's the first thing. But, um, and as you know, like it's, we live in a very violent time. Um, so like also reflecting that was also, also like interesting but to your question on whether or not it has a renewed political re relevance i think that was also one of the things that drew us to the film because as you said it was 2019 that we made the film or released the film just around the 2019 elections 
Um, but then we were actually talking about a lot of our research was based on the 2015 elections, the 2015 and the 2007 elections, particularly like the Akwaibom States Tribunal, the Tarab Taraba State Tribunal. Um, there were like car chases and gunshots like on the streets of River States um, in 2014, leading up to the 2015 election. So like all of that was like obviously like well documented in the news and we just said okay look it's obviously rich further because like if you're watching a film like there's action you know there's suspense there's drama um so i mean like all of the ingredients was there it was just like okay have the opportunity to articulate it um and i suppose like it's also for younger viewers like just coming to watch the film now um yeah it's it is like a slight insight into like the political machinations but also like um Electional, election tribunals, which is something that we don't also talk about a lot or enough, uh, because like I feel like our judiciary, because that's that is the third arm of government, and that's supposed to be like pretty much the balancing scale, you know, um, um, in terms of governance. Um, so it, it was also very interesting to shed the spotlight on our judiciary, because as you know, particularly I would say, what was it, twenty? 2020 um when the chief justice had that the chief justice was like uh resigned or was 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 terminated um yeah it's just make it topical that look we are citizens if you if you were since our democracy is still very young and that's also kind of the name of the name of the film like since our democracy is still very young understanding the electoral process understanding the role of the judiciary itself. I mean, like obviously the electoral process is what leads to the executive and the legislative, but the judiciary is also very, very important in keeping the balance. Thank you. Um, this is not in, in the questions I sent, but I'm wondering when you made the film at the time, what, what was your immediate expectation of the changes that it would elicit in the, in the viewers? I know it's open to interpretation, like you said, but what was the hope um, from your team that would occur as a result? Hmm. That's, a, that's a tough question. I mean, I mean, it's a very tough question, like um, talking about change, um, particularly behavioral change, because like the very idea of it, and as you know, like with Step Up and the work that you guys do as well, like with behavioral change, um, before you really see like marked changes, like it would take, it's a longitudinal thing, uh, it's a longitudinal study, and it, it would be a bit, um, what's the word to use? It would be a bit, um, presumptuous is not the word but then it, it, very optimistic to say oh this one film is just going to you know change you know the landscape like you know, women's representation in politics you know violence in politics when i mean like this is a fictional world and we know that like, with the real world the very nature of the do or die politics is people's livelihoods you know people's like lives and identity um so i suppose like our main um objective was just to deepen the discourse around you know around that in, in around politics in nigeria around the judiciary and the tribunal systems around do or die politics but very importantly as well like women's representation in politics and how and like there are different studies that show it from the chatham house reports um of how women are more harshly judged judged for um corruption or like per perception of corruption than men are um and it is obviously as you you would know in the workplace as well like women are almost held to a different standard across board uh, in all things given even given the peculiarities of what they have to go through in terms of like work-life balance that is different from men 
Um, so the main idea was also just to deepen that dialogue and deepen the discourse around that and like kind of get people more informed. Um, uh, and yeah, and also just make an entertaining film. Yeah, and it was, it was well done. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very much. Yeah, so you moved uh, into like the women's rights discourse. And I know that um, the number of candidates that have emerged, at least from the primary levels in political parties, when the primary elections were happening, there's a lot more women um, running for public office now. Um, do you think that it's like films like this that are contributing to the increased emergence of women or confidence of women? Or do you think you just make more women scared to join, you know, to run for public office because of the dangers that exist? Are there more, more women involved now? Running at least at the primary levels. They didn't okay. win the party tickets. But, <laughs> but they ran. They ran. Because I know I know I know one of the, the sad things was was 2019, there was a dip in the number of um, women in elected office or, or even buying for office um from 2015 even um which which is obviously very unfortunate um i've, I've not yet I've, we're only just starting to because we've, we've been deep in a different project but we're only just starting to like get traction on like um female representation in politics now particularly leading up to 20 next year 2023 um but yeah like i suppose the idea of it is to see it you know is to show that look it can happen um, why can't we have a female governor? Why can't we have a female president? Why can't we have a female Senate president? You know, why can't we even have this female first uh, chief justice of the country? Uh, and I think that's just that's just the first step. It's just to show that it had it can be done. And and it's not a new, it's not novel. Like films and TV have been doing this since time immemorial. Like for example, like before America had a black president, twenty four already was showing a black president um at the white house um so like with 24 for example like you had a black president in the white house and like i our idea of it is like showing like a female governor and i think there was even an ebony life series called the governor which is a female governor as well um, and i think the idea of it is is yeah is to show that look why not you know and and why like first and foremost why shouldn't a woman be in a leadership position um and like we can also see i mean like there have been some unfortunate examples but there's also been very good examples of women um who like really really um i wanted to say a word now but i want to be pg-13 but really really like you know um done great work uh in leadership position i mean like the un deputy secretary general someone that i completely and totally admire is a very proud northern nigerian woman um, who's really doing like amazing work. I mean, like she practically designed the whole sustainable development goals. Um, yeah, and, and you see that women just obviously being more, um, just ex excelling in those leadership positions. And and we, we we had that dearth that's just not there, but we also see it like it, in the greatest democracy in, in the world, they struggle to even put a, a female yeah. president in the White House, yeah. and they've they've been running a democracy for 200 plus years. So, I mean, like, it, it, it's a, it, I think it, it, one of the things about it, and like, even in terms of behavioral change, is that the more you start to go into it, the more you realize that it's consistent and concerted efforts, and you need to kind of develop a critical mass. It's not just one lone thing. You need to like kind of work in tandem, and you need to be consistent at it. You know, consistent at it. I mean, like, it's 
and and I know that the film has also been used, like there's the Dinindari Foundation, which is uh, run by a very energetic Indicato, um, who had like a screening of the film with like young women in the grassroots or women like that have either run for elected position or are very active in politics and like they, they watched it and then they had like very robust discussions around it. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, I think if even if it's like a 16 year old girl that watches the film and then just like sees this woman becoming a governor and she has it in her mind, yeah, I can do it, you know, that's it. That's that's the very idea of it is just to say that, look, it can, why not? It should and can be done. Thank you. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking how we just recently launched a first time voters initiative and I was thinking this might be a good film. Um, to show in some of the communities that we go to, just just to in as well. And just um, as you're speaking, um, yeah, our the the animated film that we have, Halima's Vote, as well. At least the impact that we're seeing on young girls is a lot of the young girls in the schools where we show the film suddenly realize I can actually talk, I actually have a voice, um, and I will be heard when I speak. And so that's really the power of storytelling. But let me move um, on. Quickly. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I really, really liked uh, Halima's votes and like, congratulations with all the success of it. I mean, I've extended my congratulations to Inye and Zainab and also Mbosi Dem uh, from Basement yeah. as well, because like, it was really, really, really good. Thank you. So well done. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Um, so what would you say, and this is like lessons learning, because we know that we have some young budding people who want to be filmmakers. Um, so what, what, what would you say has been like the most significant challenge that you faced as a filmmaker in producing these kinds of movies that tackle like social issues? Wow, that's, that's such a tough question. <laughs> question today. Um, so anytime I, I, I'm asked this question about like, oh, you know, what we tell young people that want to get into filmmaking or, you know, or do films for social impact or social change. The first thing is like, if you have, if you have not entered now, really think about it too, because this one <laughs> chance, it's a real, it's a real one chance. Um, but um, <clears throat> on a more serious note, I mean, like, I, I this is obviously something I love and, and it's something that I was, I'm very, very fortunate to, to be able to do, to like fully pursue a career in filmmaking. Excuse me. Um, and also like have like a proper support structure, like from family to friends, um, to even donors, like the donor we both um, are grantees from, um, that, that would encourage your work and allow you to be creative and, and ex express and explore. Um, I think like with every art, every different art form or, or every other art form, particularly in Nigeria, it is tough in terms of not having many, um, I suppose, like examples of success to begin with, first and yeah. foremost, stroke mentors. Um, but at least hopefully we, we are doing enough work to at least like set a certain standard, you know, or at least set a certain consistency. Um, I think it's very important to just understand and know the process i think is the best time to literally be anything right now like as a young creative in particular but as a young creative in nigeria it literally is the best time uh because of like the the strides we're making particularly in music but like in every field like whether it's music is in literature um in film now with the different platforms and avenues that you have to showcase your your content or to, I hate that word content so to showcase your work um um, so whether it's like on YouTube or on any of the streaming services, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's incredibly rewarding. Um, the journey can be lonely. It can be very, very like tedious and it's a lot of hard work. And you try and like almost gauge it that is is it worth it like this this much hard work like spending two years working on a film or three years working on a film and then it's like this 90 minute film that people will just watch at the end it's okay Sha, you know or you know uh but at the same time it's also incredibly rewarding in the sense of when when audiences like watch the film and you see them getting moved um i remember we're doing a screening in bielsa um for fourth republic and we had like this hall of yeah close to like a thousand students um and towards the end of the climax when they read the verdict like you could see them like screaming and shouting and like and then further on the parts where you said shocked you which shocks most people like when it's there like you can see like that the gasp in the in the audience is that like, everybody was just quiet like paying attention and, and i think obviously for for me that's the, the first thing that I, I knew that, okay, this is the reason why I wanted film, just the power to transport you, you know, captivate you. It's like storytelling and it's like this nice amalgamation of all the different art forms from music to cinematography to theater to writing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I feel to your question, like um, for young creatives trying to get in or for people that are like curious about it, I think learn, first of all, like learn, um, make your mistakes. Um, because like you will make mistakes, uh, but also like study, like study and, and know what is like the, 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 the proper process and the proper procedure. And like there are all of these, like particularly after the pandemic, like there are all of these online tools to use. Film school is really expensive, but if you are have the opportunity to do it, definitely do it. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid to make mistakes, you know, don't be afraid to like tell stories. And I feel like the world already um, particularly with social media now, everybody's a storyteller in one way or, or another. Um, so whether it's like podcasts like this, whether it's like skit makers um, or short filmmakers or short form content. Um, yeah. yeah, like people are creating um, their stories and, and finding audiences for their stories. So it's like, yeah, it's just do it, you know. Thank you. Um, Quick question, also in related to challenges. Did you get backlash from the government from this too? I'm just wondering if, like, the broadcast. Oh no, thank thankfully not. Um, and, and thankfully, like, I think we're we're a bit more strategic with this than. Mm. And I and I and I feel there wasn't necessarily a need for backlash because I felt like also having dialogue because really and truly like there is a, a very us versus them and rightfully so like you know but then it's also very good to like engage with government which is what we also did um and i mean like INEC is not government but like we did engage with um INEC and we had a couple of screenings with INEC we had like the the electoral commission we had like we were actually the first um I suppose like film company media company to have like a screening for all of the INEC commissioners of the film you know and again like this is what we talk about like deepening dialogue and deepening discourse uh, and like they also like took to hearts like in terms of like particularly women representation in politics and not putting a different standard on women why can't women why do we have to put a different standard even though that is there's a bit more nuance into it particularly when you talk about equity versus equality um because like creating more avenues or incentives for women to come in 
to politics is 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 very important. But yeah, so we we had like screenings with INEC. We had the screening with for the top management or like the the commissioners for INEC. Um, you know, I, I think we had about ten of the twelve commissioners for INEC at the screening, um, and I had conversations with them. Um, so no no backlash from the government for this. I don't I don't know that there was even an avenue for backlash per se because like I don't, there was nothing that we we're talking about in the film that. Not that government needs anything to to actually get backlash, but uh, there was nothing. In, there was nothing like particular in the film that we're targeting at government or calling them out. Uh, yeah, and it's it's literally art imitating life. There's no very sparse filter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. So let's talk about Jaru's journey. Um, mm-hmm. I have downloaded the game. I have played it a couple times. I mean, I'm a Mario fan, so I, I like that it started the same way and I could jump and roll um, and things like that. But it's very interesting that you went into like the games animation side of things. So just to find out, you know, what's, what was the motivation behind Jaru's journey? Um, who's his exact target and what do you hope to achieve with the game? Jaru's journey. Mm, I mean, mm, that's so Jaru, like, and I think one of the questions that you had when you had sent it was, um, like why we set up Grio Studios. Um, and like the Grio itself is a West African storyteller. So like if you think about like the musicians in any of the tribes, you know, that will be there at your wedding or at weddings or that will be playing for you. And, you know, I'll be telling, like telling stories. So from, I mean, like the likes of uh, Dan Maria Joss, Maman Shata, uh, to even them King Sonia Day and, um, Sonia Jobate in Gambia. Um, so we created this just to tell stories and using media in all forms. Um, and uh, my own core um, so skill set is in film, film and TV, and, and obviously documentary. Um, my partner, Umi Yakubu, who's the creative director and the MD of Grill, she's um, her own um, background is in interactive media design, multimedia design, and it's around animation and games. So we're looking at the landscape of, and I suppose like in in, in a weird way, like we're trying to like be futuristic in a sense, uh, but in a good way and, and putting the right step is seeing how programmed content like on TV and or programmed films and TV has moved from, you know, um, the days where you would wait at, and this may be me aging myself now, but then, you know, the days where you'd wait in front of NTA and you had the color bars and the national anthem and four o'clock, the programming started. And if you miss a program at seven o'clock or eight o'clock, you have to wait another week before to now that everything is on demand. Um, and like literally, whether it's on Netflix or Amazon or YouTube, like when you want to watch something, you go there and you watch it. And then the next step on that is interactive, uh, where you, actually like engage and, and and with it um and like we're very curious about that uh, we're very curious about like how that that engages people longer uh, but also how you can take a bit of complex messaging and, and fuse it into something that's entertaining and exciting but also interactive so taking it one step further than film because film is like direct and passive you know like i've created this i'm telling you what it is but then with games you're the person moving, you're the person jumping, even though we still created and curated this. 
Um, so yeah, so that's the idea for the game. Um, initially, we had wanted to make a trivia game, um, so something simple, but um, because Umi is a perfectionist of sorts and she also likes climbing big trees like all of us, um, metaphorically, not, not literally, um, it was like, okay, no, we need to move, uh, we need to take this a bit further, you know, and so the idea, and in terms of like even behavioral change, so that like, to, that, to meet our objectives, like with a trivia game, it's just more information given, but then with a game, like it's a bit more critical thinking. And especially when we now start to introduce the real world, world emphasis on it. Um, so yeah, so we, we did research on it. We followed like this whole very intricate game design process to create Jarrah's journey, which has his own story, has his own lore, um, like its own like created like these interesting characters and the music and the world. Um, and as I said, like a platformer type. And essentially it's, 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 it's a game around civic engagements uh, for, for like, it's literally like just showing like how the, the different tools that you could use to kind of engage with, with people um, and and kind of ask for better in, in governance. Um, so they're, they're, they, the main objective of it is just to say, first and foremost, like having an interesting and exciting game in this story world um and then i mean like the story itself the lore is expanding because like we're also expanding the game now um from this first one um but then it's just to say okay look you're going on this adventure and during the course of this adventure you start to learn or you start to pick up ways from um calling out to speaking up to showing up to mobilizing or monitoring you start to pick up ways that you can also engage with other citizens like yourself but also with like your elected officials or your leaders um, in your society yeah thank you thank you very much so again something else for our listeners um head to the app store and search jar journey um and i was thinking about it today like if we get more young people to play because you also want to put yourself into the player's um life sort of immersive and how I'm comparing that to the journey that Jaru has in restoring his land to the journey that I, I see young people, you know, the clamoring, the agitation, advocacy, all of that to try to restore our country to where we see that. And I think the game is very relevant um, towards that. Would you agree? Man, I'm happy it's coming from you. And for anybody listening, I didn't, I didn't prep her or anything. Like, this is our first full-on conversation. So I'm happy that you're seeing that. Um, and I, I agree one one hundred and uh, one thousand percent. And I suppose like that's also the idea of the game as well, because we didn't want to go direct and say, oh, you know, this is how you need to change your country. This is how you need to change your land. This is how you need to restore your land. I feel like there are avenues for that, and it's very very important conversations in that direct way. But then for the people that feel in a certain way that that are not as engaged or that are not as like inspired to, like even in the play space. You know, they start to get the ideas of, oh, okay, I could actually do this. You know, like one of the things that that we uh, were able to infuse, which I thought was quite nifty, was the idea of indigenship, and like, you know, like where, like, how do you consider yourself an indigent? Um, you know, and and I know it's, it's it's still like a high concept to a certain extent, especially to put in a game, but then it was put in a very subtle way. You know, like where someone was meant to represent a village. And then there were like questions about whether or not they're indigent. And they're like, oh no, but I live here. I worked here, I spent most of my life here. This is where I identify um, 
which which I think is is interesting and important. Uh, but yeah, like to your point, like yeah, like it's, I think yes, it's, I'm happy to hear you say that. Like uh, it's a, it's it's that's what we were that's the plan of what we wanted to do. Like make an engaging tool to kind of get people thinking in this direction. Yep. Uh, thank you, and well done, well done again to your team. Um, I know you said it's a difficult question to answer, and because we also work in the behavioral change space, I know that it's a difficult question to answer. But which of your projects so far would you say has been the most impactful? I know Jaro's journey is significantly younger than you know the film that came out. Um, so far, what would you say, like quick wins, which would you say was uh, has been most uh, impactful and why? Mm, it's very like it's difficult. <laughs> Okay. You already you already prompted it now like you already prompted it. Um, I mean, it, it it would have to be Fourth Republic to begin with. I mean, I, I, as Jaro's journey is just getting his legs on his own because it was just released uh, a few months ago versus Fourth Republic that was three years ago. Um, so so yeah, I, I would definitely say Fourth Republic because that that kind of had its own. So we had like the screen as I said, we had the screenings with INEC being the first to do that. Um, we had the screenings at the universities because we went literally across the country um, to about five of the six geopolitical zones. Um, excuse me, to five of the six geopolitical zones and universities. Um, and we also did community screenings in Kogi and in Bayelsa just before the elections in 2019. Um, yeah, 2019. Um, not actually 2018. In 2018, so it was before the release of the film, 2018, yeah. Um, so, and then we also had like a screening at the U.S. Institutes of Peace um, in D.C., which 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 was also very interesting, like like hearing policymakers there, like talking about it and reflecting on, I mean, like both the strides that our democracy has taken, because like also bearing in mind that it was not just a full-on critique that, oh, you know, everything is like, doom and gloom because like really and truly like even to make a film like that uh, is also like showing okay this is how far we've come in our democracy it's still a very young democracy still a very fragile democracy but then like it's like okay you know what these are also like the points where we need to like really make sure we get it right at you know particularly with the judiciary um so yeah so yeah i, I would i would i would say fourth republic for now but i'm hoping that Jairus journey does like eclipse that um um, and what would you say has been a significant lesson that you've learned on this journey for both the film and the game? Hmm. Man, there are plenty of lessons. And I feel like you learn like all the time. I mean, like, consistency is very key, first and foremost. Um, I think that's the first thing to, to, to say. And I, and I think with each kind of project that we do and we land, it's like learning so so for both the wins and even like some of the setbacks like once you like say you, you don't hit the targets the same way you expect to hit it um the, the, you you start reflecting on that so i mean like i think consistency is key i, I feel like there is a there's a, almost a reaffirmation on the this work is important because there's a there's a point in time that you kind of and i don't know if you guys face the same thing where you're like are you sure like this 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 is worth it you know that kind of thing are you sure that this is like the audience is going to react in the, in the way you expect them to you know and 
so like for Halima's wood, for example, he's like, oh, but this is just like an animation or a cartoon, you know. And and there are times where it's like, oh, I'm very sure that yes, this is this is how the audience is going to like they're going to get it and you know they're going to resonate with it. Um, but there are times when you question. But I think the lessons is that it's it's still important work. It's very very important work to do, um, and it's important to continue doing it um, and be consistent with it. Um, there are more avenues and more stories that need to be told. Um, I think that's just one of the lessons. And, and, and I think we can also be bolder in the way we tell it, um, given, given, given our, our, our situation. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's also, it takes time, you know. It takes time. Uh, but I suppose like if it's worth it, like that, that, that tends to generally happen. You know, if it's worth it, that tends to generally happen. Um, yeah. Okay. I've enjoyed this conversation very much, but I know we have to round up um, because with this, I, I want to know maybe last two questions. I'm going to say last question. Um, and I don't know if you're in the best position to answer this. I mean, you're an advocate through your films, but to young people who, you know, maybe the takeaway from Fourth Republic is like, man, we can't do anything, or oh, system is too rotten, or, um, you know, we're powerless, the, the, the forces that be are too strong. Um, and and specifically idealistic young people like, you know, the PA. Okay. Yes. Uh, what would you say to young people like, can you make the difference, contesting, campaigning, advo um, advocating, voting, all those things that we're clamoring for, you know, what's your incredible think? I'm just going to leave, yeah, I can't do nothing. I think the interesting counterpoint to Ike's idealism was Buki's pragmatism. So Buki yeah. was obviously the other, and I think that was the duality that we wanted to show, that look, you can either be idealistic or you could be pragmatic. And the main thing about it is like what I said about like, you, the rules are meant to be broken, but know the rules first. So don't be naive about what the what this situation is, what the status quo is, you get like, by all means, be idealistic, but you also need to be pragmatic because like it's 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 fully to th say, oh, I want to create change. I want to, you know, like, but not knowing what exactly it is that you want to change. Yeah. So being, being pragmatic is very, very important. So like for young people that are that are idealistic, I'll, I'll be like, look, nobody else is going to change. That's the reality of it. Like nobody else is going to change our country for us. Like we we are the people to that need to make the change you know like um and it's, it's, it's a situation is it's a reality of like knowing fully well and being very very like pragmatic of okay you know what um in creating that change there's going to be pushbacks you know like um ngozi okonji Wela's um um book or her memoir like it's like Corruption fights back, like it, it's, it fights back and it fights hard, yeah. you know? So we, we can't afford to be naive. And I think that's the idea of it because like, there's a nice, lovely um, clamor for the third force now that is obviously building uh, the young with youths taking it on, you know, as, okay, you know, we're coming 2023, you know, we're going to change. But we can't afford to be naive. That's just the reality of it. We right. cannot afford to be naive. So that's it. Like that's that's my own listening. You can't we can't afford to be naive. Everything is there. Like the history is, is there to show us, you know. Before NSARS, there was the fuel subsidy protests. Before the fuel subsidy protests, there was Nadeco. 
you know, like, and, and we need to know, because like, we, even when we were protesting during NSARS, when I was telling people about, okay, you know, about fueling, so like, because I did a documentary called Fueling Poverty, uh, 10 years ago now, uh, which was about the Occupy Nigeria protest. And a lot of people that were on the streets protesting about NSARS didn't even know about that, you know, which again, is like, you cannot afford to be naive. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. And I think wonderful, wonderful advice. A lot of people are just, you know, rather than just say, you know, keep going, keep pushing. I like your opinion in people staying grounded, be realistic, read, prepare. Absolutely. Edu Educate yourself, learn. Yeah. yeah thank you. Um, I, I think this goes without saying, but that is the question I have to end this podcast. Do you believe that storytelling through films and animation have the power to change attitudes and behaviors of people in society? As you said, it goes without saying. <laughs> big yes, and that's why you do what you do, right? That's what the films yeah. are for, what the games are for. So Absolutely. what should our listeners expect from Shayabako and Weird Studios next? So yeah, I mean, Greer is coming out with the documentary called Up Nepa Next. Um, and I suppose like the name, at least for Nigeria, the name is self-explanatory. So we're doing a documentary about the power sector. And I mean, like, it's just two questions that we're asking primarily, like, why don't we have constant power supply in Nigeria? What will it take to get there? That's it. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a fun, um, because it's a very, sadly, and I feel like, I don't know if you noticed, like at some point in time during this call, it took light. So yeah, um, it's something that has just confused me all my adult life. It's just like, why, 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 you know? <laughs> So yeah, so that's what we're working on next, um, as well as like an animated TV series um, based on a book, but I'm not going to talk about that. But yeah, coming next is Up Nepa, which is a documentary on the power sector. Right. Looking forward to that. So how can our listeners follow the work that Agro Studios does on social media? If you can share like your website or social media handles that people can follow. Will do, will do. So the website is griostudios.org and on Instagram and Facebook and it's Grio Studios. Um, it's Grio Studios. Thank you. Thank you, Ishaya. And thank you to all our listeners for listening to this podcast. You can follow Step Up Nigeria as well at step underscore up underscore Nigeria on Twitter and Instagram and Step Up Nigeria on Facebook and LinkedIn. We also have our YouTube channel called Step Up TV where you can watch this podcast if you're listening to it. And we are stepupnigeria.org on our website. Thank you again, Ishaya, for your time. Uh, this was a lovely, lovely conversation. And kudos to your team and well done for all the work that you're doing. Looking forward to yeah, kudos to Step Up too, and thank you for having me. Uh, well done to you and your team as well. This is really good conversation. Thank, thank you. you. All right.